This call may be recorded or transcribed. I got two minutes, that's why I did it. What? Okay. Hey, wait, I got to do some theory. Good morning, Mr. Diane. Hello. Good morning, Brother Michael. Come. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Brother Michael. Good morning, Yvonne. And who else was that? Diane. Diane, good morning to you all. Good morning, good morning. Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy good. trying for Tuesday. Thank you. Everyone. you. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning, Cynthia. Happy trying for Tuesday. Good morning to you, too. Thank you. Good morning, Juanita. Juanita, good morning to you. Happy trying for Tuesday. Anyone else? Good morning. Great morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Terminator the Finisher. I'm your greeter this morning. Anyone else you want to say good morning? It's Triumph for Tuesday. 
great morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Charmaine and the Finisher. I'm your greeter this morning. Anyone else want to say good morning on this Triumph of Tuesday? We declare victory. Do we have any first-time callers who want to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Charmaine the Finisher, and I'm your greeter this morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? Happy Triumphant Tuesday. It's Monica. Monica, good morning to you. Happy Triumphant Tuesday to you. Anyone else want to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Torrini the Finisher. I'm the greeter this morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? We have any other brothers who want to say good morning? Do we have any birthdays that we can shout out this morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Charmaine and the Finish. I'm the greeter this morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? Love to hear your sound. Well, good morning, Tarina. It's a triumphant Tuesday. It's Rochelle. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning to you. Happy Triumphant Tuesday. Yes, we triumphed, especially on a Tuesday. Have a good day. Love you. You too. Love you too. Anyone else? Come on. I'd love to hear your sound. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Tremenda Finish, and I'm the greedy this morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? Good morning, it's Jamaica. Jamaica, good morning to you. Happy Triumph and Tuesday to you. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get started here. It's that time. So I need everyone to please check your phone to make sure your phone is on mute. Hello, my name is Sherman the Finisher, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time. 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip in your walk with Christ. Please be sure to join us during the month of April, where a monthly theme is entitled Illogical Faith. And all the decorations will focus on the importance of having illogical faith concerning the will and plan of God, which allows us to walk and live with purpose. There is one announcement today. 
please join us for TNT Bible Study with Pastor LaBelle Jones tonight right here on the call from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There is no prayer request, there is no prayer request from the app. The order of the call is Prayer and Club of Praise, Bernice, Declaration, Beverly, Jimmy Go Ryan to Closing Comments, hosted by Declare. I repeat, Prayer and Club of Praise, Bernice, Declaration, Beverly, Jimmy Go Ryan to Closing Comments, hosted by Declare. The scripture for today is from Hebrews 11.6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we actually put your phones on mute until they start to come off mute. I now pass the call over to the prayer word, Bernice. Everyone have a blessed and safe day. Jesus loves you, and so do I. Good morning. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, once again, we come to establish our legal right, and we take dominion. We declare victory today. We come in the name of the resurrected Jesus, whose we are and who we serve, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow on things in heaven and things on earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If I shut up the heavens that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my eyes and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Humbly we come asking that you forgive us before we pray. Therefore we release any anger, bad feelings, resentment, or any other wrong attitude before you right now. We lay at your feet and release and forgive those who have wronged us and we ask those who we have wronged to forgive us. We welcome you, Father, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, to this place of intercession. For this is the day that you made, and we rejoice in it, and we are glad. We gather here and we come into agreement in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. You said that we're two or more gathered there you shall surely be. And so we thank you for honoring us with your presence. We are honored to be amongst you in the midst of you, O oh Father. And we know that anything that we agree upon as touching, you will surely do. Ephesians three fourteen through 19 says, for this reason we bow our knees before you, Father, from whom every family in heaven and, and on earth his name, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height, and depth, 
and you know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Father, we thank you for God's healing. Your word says in Jeremiah 33 and 6, nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Although we are aware that complete physical healing may not occur in this lifetime, we know that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Father, we just thank you. Spirit of the living God, we declare victory for our cities, our states, our government, and our nations. Your word says in Psalms 11 and 3, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Father of mercy, the nations are in trouble. We're facing issues that are causing the very foundation of our country to fall apart. Our moral and spiritual roots are wearing down. The economy is misleading. Family life is deteriorating. And political forces are in disagreement. There seems to be very few leaders who will take a stand for you, God, and for your word. Holy Spirit, we come asking for guidance. What can we do as individuals, as, as your child, as, as um, ministers of the gospel? Your word says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Your word commands that we repent of our sins and turn to you, almighty God. And because we are confident that we serve a God of mercy and compassion, we know you stand ready to respond to our cries out for the abundance of your divine wisdom. No problem is too great for you, which is why we can declare victory during seasons of distress and uncertainty and hardships. We humble ourselves before you, almighty God, knowing that we cannot expect healing to come to our nation apart from obedience to you, God, through your holy word. We stand in obedience to you. We stand together, Father, and we declare victory. Father, we come praying in faith, believing and remembering that you, Lord, watch over your word to perform it. We magnify the name of Jesus and declare that you, Lord, are Lord over this nation. We declare victory over terrorism. Arise, O oh Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of our enemies, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Awake, my God, decree justice, O righteous God, bring an end to the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. For, Lord, the wicked gather themselves together against the souls of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood of innocent people. Mighty God, cut them off in their own wickedness. Lord, give us help from trouble. The help of man is useless. Through you, Father, our God in heaven, we shall try, be triumphant because it is you who shall tread down our enemies. We plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. We declare victory for our families and, and for marriages. Blessed is the one who does not step to, blessed is the one who does not walk 
in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Lord, let the marriage covenant and our family's delight be in you. May we meditate on your law day and night. When we do so, our marriage and our family will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season whose leaf does not wither. Husbands and wives, you are called. You are called to be husbands and wives. And for that, Lord, we thank you. We declare victory for our children. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children, for the lives of our children. There's a battle over our families today, Father, and the enemy would love nothing more than to destroy all that we hold dear in our lives, all of our lives. He's ruthless and cunning, deceitful and sly. He'll attack when we're not watching. He'll do everything he can to lure our children away. Don't let him. We declare victory. Keep us alert, aware, and discerning of your voice. Spirit of the living God, help us to stand against the attacks of the enemy. We praise you for your love and faithfulness. We thank you for your protection and care over our children. Thank you that you give us power to love them well, to love them right, under the order of you, Lord, the wisdom to lead and to teach our children. We know you are for us. So who can stand against us? You are redeemer, restorer, and friend, and we believe that you have good in store for all of our children. Father, we just thank you for that the marriages are filled with your truth and cover all marriages with your favor. And we thank you for protecting our children under Psalms 91. Lord, for, for this, we pray for the blessings of our children today and every day. We plead the blood of Jesus and we declare victory over our churches. Let your word dwell in us richly. Fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that they may live and conduct themselves in a manner worthy of you. We're talking to the church. Father, we thank you. Fully pleasing. We're, we want to fully please you, and we're being fruitful in every good work, and by being renewed in the spirit of our minds, that we put on tender mercies, kindness, and humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with and forgiving one another. For that, we thank you. We thank you that we dwell together in the unity of faith. A house divided cannot Stand. United we stand. We recognize those who labor among us, esteeming them highly in love for their work's sake. We pray um, for the same thing, that there are no divisions among us. Let us stand together, standing fast in one spirit, striving together for the faith that we're not carried about with various and strange doctrines. Father, we thank you and we declare victory for our pastors, that you, who began a good work in them were perfected. They are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus and equipped in every good thing to do your will. 
Work in them that which is well pleasing in your sight. Let all grace abound toward them, having sufficiency in all things and an abundance for every good work. Father, we just thank you that they have sowed bountifully, bountifully and that they will reap bountifully. And whether they plant or water, Father, you give the increase. And for that, we thank you. We thank you that they continually triumph in Christ, diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge in every place, that all blessings come upon them and overtake them because they obey the voice of God. Instruct them and teach them in the way that they should go. Open their eyes that they may see, their ears that they may hear you, Father. Reveal the deeper things of God to them by your spirit. Let the people bear witness. Let your pastors, your ministers bear witness that it is you who speak. Let them not hear the voice of a stranger. Let them be vessels of honor, sanctified and useful for you, Master, prepared in every good work, shepherding the flock, willingly, eagerly, and being an example to them. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do as, as we take our phones off mute, and we thank you and declare victory for all things, all things working together for the good of the Thank 
and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. God has chosen a new king for the nation of Israel. He was not looking for Hercules, the Incredible Hulk, or Superman. Instead, he was looking for a man after God's own heart. A young man named David is personally anointed by God to be the next king of Israel. David was not a hen-pecked, feather-fluffing man, but what he was was clever, cunning and playing the harp and careful in speech. He was courageous. He was a courageous man, a valiant man of war. He was a commendable man prudent in manners, and carefully thought matters out. He was a comely man. I remember our grandmother saying that, a comely uh, man. He was beautiful, vigorous, and strong. He was a consecrated man. The Lord was with him. Here in this chapter, we identify David um, at the front line trenches on the battlefield. His father, Jesse, had sent him there to give his brothers provision and supplies. For 40 days, they have been deported to the front line, and nothing has progressed except posturing, yelling, and threatening back and forth between Israel and the Palestinian giant Goliath. Surprisingly, there's plenty of talk, but no walk. David hears the threats of Goliath and is about to make a difference. He's about to do something about the problem of Goliath. So why? Why is David so confident? Why is he so courageous? The answer is kind of deja vu because David has gone through this before. So he's com- committed to doing what God has commissioned him to do despite intimidation, terrorization, humiliation, and frustration from his oldest brother, El- Eliab. At one point, Eliab was upset and very angry that David came to the battle site. Why? Eliab ignores David's mission to deliver food. He insults David's ministry, feeding the sheep. He interprets David's motive. I know why you're here. Listen, Eliab doesn't know anything. He's angry and probably because he's bitter, jealous, and embarrassed that he's not bold enough to fight Goliath like David. Probably. He tells David he came just to see the battle. His assumption was wrong. Ironically, he said this because there wasn't any battle going on. David's challenging response was, is there not a cause? There is an important truth here. Don't look for automatic applause when fellow Christians, if God leads you to do something, don't look for them to applaud you. They may not feel the same way as you or understand. Your biggest opposition may come from other men and women of God, family members, and especially those closest to to you. David was opposed and reprimanded by his brother, but criticism does not stop David, and it shouldn't stop you. He goes on to do God's will and make a big difference. David is willing to face his giant. Have any of you met Goliath yet? Goliath is a great big giant of an obstacle that seems unbeatable and impossible to defeat. Is that 
one huge problem that you think you just might be undoing, be your undoing, a difficulty so great that it has you entertaining the thought that you are close to throwing in the towel. Mm. Now, 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 perhaps you have met him in the past, or maybe Goliath is troubling you even now. Most of us have a Goliath or two in our lives. So I want to encourage you to confront Goliath today and to deal with this enemy that robs your life of hope and joy. The entering into the duel. First Samuel seventeen thirty seven. David said, Moreover, the Lord hath delivered the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. David knew that God allowed him to defeat a lion and a bear. That's the deja vu. A bear rises on his hind legs to do battle. The weakest part of the bear is his head. It can be killed by a sharp blow to the head or by piercing the heart. As David defeated the lion and the bear, he planned to defeat Goliath. David has total confidence in God to help him. Saul is then convinced of David's ability to do so after much rebuke. Ironically, an important truth is found here. Do you think the battle with the lion and bear was a traumatic experience for David? Yes, yeah, yeah. This happened sometime probably in his childhood or teenage years. In reality, God used those trials to prepare David for future ministry and service to a nation and a king. Saul proceeds to arm David with royal armor. Check this out. His intentions are good and sincere, but only end up hindering David, slowing and weighing him down. The suit of armor was unsuitable. Here's something to note here. If this armor would protect David, then why doesn't Saul go against the giant himself? Deep down, Saul doesn't believe it will protect him. It was the armor of unbelief and fear. Saul is a picture of the flesh and unbelief, disobedience, and sin. David, for the first time, said, I cannot. He cannot wear the armor for the battle, for it was not tested or proven. There's some really great insights here. This is for you. Don't try to be something you are not. Don't be afraid to acknowledge your limitations. I cannot wear. Don't try to do something God didn't call you to do. If God calls you to use a slingshot, don't use armor and a sword. Use the abilities God has given you. The armor of carnality, disobedience, and unbelief hinders us from serving God. It weighs us down. The exchanges in the duel. First Samuel, 1743-47. Someone please um, mute your phone. First Samuel, 1743-47. And the Philistines said to, unto David, <laughs> Am I a dog that thou hast come to me with staves, with a rock or with a stick, with a rod or a stick? When the Philistines cursed David, 
by his gods, little g. And the Philistines said to David, come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Oh, he's threatened. And then David said to the Philistines, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, <laughs> whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee unto mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. <laughs> and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you in He will and He will give you into our hands. Now David came back with the same threat. Israel's army seems to be afraid of Goliath. But David looks at life differently. Israel saw Goliath at brazen, brazen giant as an immovable object. David saw him from God's point of view. He's blocking the way of God. David had a let's go get him attitude. Let's go get this joker. David was no match for Goliath, but when that uncircumcised Philistine took on God, he got in over his head. David is a man who sees Goliath from above. It's like looking down at, at a, uh, a Shaquille O'Neal from the top of a, some stairs or a tower at ground level, and you look at him. From the top floor, you need to binoculars to find him. Hmm. It's all a matter of perspective. David's screen was filled with God, and therefore everything else was reduced down to proper size. He saw Goliath, but he also saw God. And that made all of the difference. Think of it this way. God on top, Goliath on the bottom. Just look at it the other way. Goliath on top, God on the bottom. When God is in his right place, Goliath shrinks down to proper size. When Goliath replaces God, then you'll run away in terror every time. So how big is your God? The execution of the duel. First Samuel seventeen fifty one. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and he drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head where therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they flew. They got the step, and they had to go. David goes to battle with the staff slinging stone, the staff. It was a defensive weapon to control sheep, dogs, and to fight off wolves. It helped the shepherd walk and check for snakes under brush. The staff was a rod with a hook on the end. 1 Samuel 17, 43 says, And the Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog that thou, is, that, that thou comest to me with staves, with a rod or a staff or a stick? That's what staves are. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Remember that little G? So the script 
this was the it was a lunch kit that food was kept in here to snack on. David used it to hold his stones for for battle. The sling it was extremely accurate when used by a skilled slinger. It was used to control the sheep when they strayed. A stone uh, slung near a stray lamb would scare it back to its master. And all that he needs now is the five smooth stones that will be used in the sling, showing that although David could depend upon the Lord, he could not always depend upon himself. He He could miss the target. For this reason, he wisely arms himself with five smooth stones. He does not act overconfident. David is prepared for the moment, and he uses the skills, tools, and abilities that God had given him. He used what was in his hand. Praise God. When you are battling for the Lord, use what's in your hand. Use the abilities that God gave you, whether it's singing, speaking, writing, teaching, ministering, or motivating. The five stones remind us of God's grace. Five being the number of grace in the Bible. When we fight God's battles, we are enabled by God's grace. Here's, here's some interesting facts on how David defeated his giant. Understand that Goliath couldn't see, can't see. Let's start with the fact that Goliath is a giant, a mighty uh, man. Some say six nine, some say nine feet. I don't know. He was a Philistine warrior. He's a big guy and extremely tall. Also, by being so tall, this probably led him to having double vision and severe nearsightedness because Goliath has to call out David to fight him. Check this out. He had to call out David to fight him. Why? Now, perhaps it's because he can't see him. Big competitors perceive advantages um, can often mask their even bigger disadvantages. Remember that saying? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. First Samuel seventeen forty four says, And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowl unto the fowls of the earth air, and to the beast of the field. <laughs> Goliath is powerless. The Philistines who set who who is who is sent sent down, their mighty warrior is a giant. He's outfitted head to toe in this glittering bronze armor. He's got a sword and he's got a javelin. He's got his spear. He is terrifying. And he's so terrifying that none of the Israelite soldiers wanted to fight him. On the other hand, David is this lowly shepherd boy. And yet he's the only person willing to fight Goliath. He's also, he also refuses to wear armor. Why? Because David is also apparently the only person in the story who realizes that the heavy armor weighs a warrior down. Goliath could easily kill David with his sword, but only if David were foolish enough to walk right up to Goliath. Of course, that's the last thing David plans to do before cutting off uh, Goliath's head. David is deadly. The final misconception is the idea that David goes into battle with only a sling. Now, when we hear that with modern ears, we might think of a child's toy, a slingshot. However, that's not what David has at all. Instead, he's carrying a sling, which is simple but a highly effective weapon. 
Armies used it in battle, and shepherds like David used it to protect their flocks from wild animals. A sling has a, has a leather pouch with two long cords attached to it, and a projectile, uh, either a rock or, or a ball or a lead ball, it's not a toy. It's not a child's toy. It's an incredibly devastating weapon. If you do the calculations on the ballistics, on, on the stopping power of the rock fired from David's sling, it's roughly, check it out, equal to the stopping power of a 45 caliber handgun. Whoa. This is incredibly devastating weapon. When David lines up, he has every intention and every expectation of being able to hit Goliath at the most vulnerable spot between his eyes. That's exactly what David does. Walks right up to Goliath, but still far enough away that Goliath's sword and javelin are useless and kills Goliath with a single shot to the head. Watch this. Let's read First um, Samuel 17, 51. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut him off and cut his head off therewith. And when the Philistines saw the champion was dead, they flew. They fled. They got out. They got to step in. They run before they lied. Ah. One of the rewards for defeating Goliath was the daughter of King Saul. As David engages Goliath and defeats him, Saul wants to know more about uh, this fellow David and about David's family. Who was the father of this stripling? A stripling is, is one of marrying age. Uh, the courage and testimony of David in the face of trials and conflicts motivated the king to inquire, who is your father? What's your daddy name? Our testimony for Jesus Christ may prompt others without the Lord's ask. What makes you different? Why do you have peace and joy? You you can then tell them of your heavenly father. David goes from delivering food and supplies to his family to delivering a nation from defeat and shame in the defeat of Goliath. Everything has been going pretty good to, at this point. However, new challenges, dangers, trials, and victories lie upon their horizon. But he knows the secret to facing your giant. The entering into the duel. I'm done. But the entering into the duel, it says in, in first in first Samuel seventeen, thirty four through seven, David said, I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion and a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down, and rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat, wring its neck, and kill it. Lion or bear made made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to the Philistine who is taunting the troops of God alive. God who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear will deliver me from the Philistine. Saul said, go and God help you. The exchange in the duel, Samuel 17:43. the Philistine ridiculed David. Am I a dog <laughs> that you come after me with a stick and be cursed by his God? Come on said the Philistine, come on, bruh, I got this. I'll make roadkill road <laughs> of you for the buzzards. I'll turn you into a nasty morsel for the field mice. 
David answered, you come at me with a sword and a spear and, and battle axe. I come to you in the name of God of the angel. I come to you in the name of God of the angel armies, the God of Israel, the God of Israel troops whom you curse and mock. This very day, God is handing you over to me. I'm about to kill you. Cut off your head and serve you up, serve your body and, and, and serve your body and your bodies of your Philistine buddies to the crows and the coyotes. The whole earth will know that there's an extraordinary God in Israel. And everyone gathered here will learn that God doesn't save by means of a sword or spear. The battle belongs to God. Remember, the battle belongs to God. It's not yours. He's handing you, he's handing that Philistine to us on a platter. The execution in the duel. In Samuel 17:51, then David ran up to the Philistine and stood over and pulled out his sword from the sheep and finished the job by cutting off his head. When the Philistine uh, saw that their great champion was dead, they scattered, running for their lives, facing your giants, dealing with overcoming and fighting them one battle at a time. Face your giants. Father God, I just come saying thank you. Thank you for this word. I thank you that our ears were inclined. I thank you that there has been a takeaway for someone. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for those who are fighting their battles, who are standing, Father God, and not ready to face their giant, that they do it today in the name of Jesus. And I thank you and I praise your name. Amen and praise God. You could take your phones off mute, and anyone who did not get a chance to say good morning, um, we open it up for you to say good morning. God bless you. Good morning. It's Kenya. Excellent declaration. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning, Kenya. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Tuesday to everyone. God bless everyone on the call. Hey, hey, great decoration. Thank you. Good morning, Lisa. You're welcome. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brother E in the place to be. Great decoration. God bless you. Good morning, God family. Good morning, Brother E. Good morning, Miss Leomia. Great decoration this morning. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good morning, um, Sister Lois. Leona. Leona. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning, baby family. Good morning, Natasha. Thank you for that declaration. Good morning, Natasha. You are welcome. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Christina Joy. Thank you so much. That was awesome, awesome, awesome declaration. Good morning, Christina Joy. I heard someone else. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Right. Good morning. This is Gloria's Gloria. Thank you for that wonderful declaration. You're welcome, Gloria's Gloria. Good morning. It's Miss B. Awesome declaration. Good morning, Miss B. All right. All right. Anyone have any comments or any commentary uh, if they want to impart? 
you are more than welcome. Come on with me. What's your giant? Are you standing in front of your giant? Everybody faces giants. We all do. Now, and when we do, that gives us and that shows that radical faith. It's that, okay, God, you got me, and I know you do. Stand. That's so good. This um, Tiffany Joy again. I was listening to you um, speak on it, and you said that when we fight God's battles and when we face those giants, we are enabled by God's grace. And for me, that again gives me a new understanding, a deeper revelation of the grace of God. We don't have to do it by our might. We don't have to do it by our, by our power, but we have to just do it by His Spirit and know that. He graces us for the fight. Like you said, the battle's not ours, it's the Lord. So when we go, we don't go thinking what we have to do. We go expecting God to do what he already has done. Amen. Yes. Yes, that's a certainty. Thank you for that. So, okay, anybody else? You need first you need to recognize that we all have giants. Sometimes we kind of face the same or similar giants at different times and there are some giants that seem to grow as time goes by. But how are you facing that giant? You we we're not alone in this. We all face some some type of um giant in our lives. You need to identify what the giant is that you are facing. When you think of a giant, um, you, you, I usually think of uh, I think of being um, with human form, but superhuman size and strength. So I look at it, and I faced a giant here recently, and I was sinking down, and I was sinking in sand, quicksand, but I said, uh-uh, get up. I got a hold of that rope, and the rope had a knot in the bottom of it, and I was pulled. I pulled myself up out of that thing, and I faced that giant, and I looked him dead in the eye, and I said, uh-uh, God got me. And when we recognize that God, because sometimes we forget who is really our keeper. And I looked, and I said, uh-uh, I'm moving forward. And let me tell you, victory, uh, God gave me the victory. And that was a hallelujah moment for me. Now, we have to identify with the giant, with that giant, and how you're facing that giant. Identify it. And then deal with it. Look it dead in the face and say, "Uh uh-uh, my God, my God. That giant can be very intimidating, but guess what? Little old David, big old Goliath. Amen. Good morning. Um, this is funny. The I, yes, we all face giants. The giant in my life uh, is the procrastination of getting things done, and I started attacking that recently. 
and, you know, little by little, um, getting it done. But I just thank God for your decoration this morning. It's, it's awesome. Amen. You are welcome. Procrastination. Yeah, that's a giant. That's definitely one. But face it, my sister. Go ahead. I so thank you, Sister Beverly. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead, ahead, Mother Lillian. Yes, I thank you for that declaration this morning because I really, really, really needed to hear this. Um, mm-hmm. Last few weeks, I've been facing a horrible job, giant. He attacked my face. And he tried to make me to believe, and he had me believing one time that I was not saved. And nothing I said or done was going to accomplish or amount to anything. But I thank God for the man of God. And I can't even, I'm sorry, I can't even think of his name. But he done the um, decoration on faith uh, last week. And he prayed for me. And let me tell you something. You don't tell me prayer won't work. Yeah, yeah. You don't tell me prayer won't work because I had do with him and Cassandra and Pamela Mason, the three of them, I thank God for them. I praise God for them. I can face my job this morning. Amen. I, I know that Satan is a defeated liar. <laughs> I know that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened me. I know it because he told me so. And I stand to serve Satan warning right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. Amen. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. I just want to thank everybody that prayed for me uh, this week because <laughs> it was rough. It was rough, but I thank God that it is over. It is over. Well, it's not over because I'm still living, and I know that I'm still going to go through things. He's not going to stop. That was one hurdle, but I'm ready for him. Right now. To Christ Jesus. And I just want to thank all of you that prayed for me. And thank you for that declaration. You are welcome. God bless you. God bless you. You clearly identified um, what what that giant that you were facing. And prayer came in and changed some things. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. But you can't, because you can't fight it until you clearly identify it. Praise God. Praise God. All right, there was someone else. Good morning, Teacher Beverly. It's Rochelle. God bless you. Wonderful share. I, what? And when you started talking, I just looked at Sal. Did you just call Saul out and call him a coward, though? Um, that he was a fool. 
<laughs> and he tried to puff his chest out and tried mm-hmm. to punk David. And all mm-hmm. that pride turned around to um, David being a, a giant to intimidate him. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, that was so dope. That was deep right there. So I just, it just gave me a new meaning that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, the strength of God that go. was in David, um, the yes. humility, and it means so much. So great share. Love you. Love you, too. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all had to be told. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anybody else? Thank you, Rochelle. Good morning. Good morning. Brother E. Um, great declaration. Um, I had the privilege to, to, to be in Israel, not as a tourist, but as a member of the armed services. And I came across a messianic uh, Jew who was a commander of his army, but who was also a shepherd. Mind me very much uh, 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 of David, came from a family of shepherds. What he told me was that to be a shepherd, one of the things that every shepherd had was a sling that they that they learned to use a sling to uh, a lot of times come against you know come against predators, but most most of the time to, to you know to make sure that 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 the uh, sheep stayed where they had to be, so it had to be very accurate. What I'm saying is that uh, uh, when when David used a sling against Goliath, it just spoke to me as 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 God uses the common weapons, the weapons that He's already equipped up uh, us with. Uh, and when we go against the enemy, we're already equipped, just as David was already uh, uh, equipped. It don't have to be nothing fancy. It wasn't. It wasn't a sword. It wasn't a big shield. It wasn't even an armor. But it was. It, it, it was with something that God had already equipped uh, David with. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying to say this: that God has already equipped us with weapons. So we, when we meet the giants in our lives, you know what I'm saying. We should know that we're already equipped, and it's with the simple weapons. It's not nothing common or ordinary. I mean, or extraordinary. Was is with something that God has already equipped us with, like He equipped all the shepherds with, equipped mm-hmm. David with. And it's those things, the things that we think that are are, are even um, uh, Saul and his army would would not think that. Would would um kill the giant? It's, it's with the simple weapons that are already equipped that we're able to go ahead and slay the giants in our lives. God bless you. Thank you for your declaration. You are welcome. God bless you, and thank you for um, sharing that. Thank you for sharing that to meet you know someone who is a real life shepherd. That's pretty good. Amen. 
Anybody else would like to share? You know, just like Brother E just said, you know, God already equipped us. He's already given it to us. It's already in us. We just have to go in and get it. We go in that bag. Remember I talked about that lunch uh, kit that David kept his his stones in? We just go in and go get it. Get it. Pull it out. Identify what that giant is and who you who you're facing. No big deal because we all have them. We all have giants. It's fear. Is is it a failure of the past? Depression, anxiety, loneliness. If it's mental illness, whatever it may be, it could be death of a spouse or a family member. Those are giants, and we have to we have to face them. Praise God. We're already equipped. Go back and get it. Sometimes we hurt, and it hurts so bad we can't even think. But pull yourself out and do like uh, uh, get a, get those the prayer team. Call them somebody and say, hey, I need help. Help me. Pray for me. Prayer does change things. Face your giant. You might not want to face them. You may not want to run um, from them in fear. You may want to run from them in fear, but face it. You run, turn around, look at, stand flat-footed, look look that giant dead in the face and say, I've got this. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? All right, then. If there's nothing else, um, it's still early. We'll give you some time back and um, uh, love on your day. Face that giant. Look it square in the face. God will never let you tackle great things in your life all by yourself until you have proven to be faithful in the little things in your life. God is going to work it out for you, for your good. Praise God. All right, if there's nothing else. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just say thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for um, ordering our steps. Thank you for allowing us to, Father God, to be able to wake up this morning and breathe again, for being able to let our light shine. Go and let your light shine in the name of Jesus. We just thank you and praise your name. You all have a wonderful day. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Amen. Love you back. Have a great day, everyone. You all have a great day. Have a great day. God bless you. Amen, Yvonne. Love you.
Hello.
reaching life, forgiving one another while I'm staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared
touching life, forgiving one another while I'm staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Committed to press on, 
reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared Committed to press on, 
reaching life, forgiving one another while I'm staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared It's God we 
Declare. 